As multifamily investors, this is bullish for the reasons I pointed out. As prices go higher, so do rents. And at the end of the day, the net operating income on your multifamily property is what's setting the value. So as long as rents are going up, as long as you can maintain your budgets or lessen them, you should be profitable in the end. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Actively Passive Show. I'm your host, Travis Watts. Got a very exciting episode today. This actually came from a 60-second question, short segments that we do on the Actively Passive Show. You may have seen on social media or Facebook or YouTube. So if you guys have any questions to that point that you want to ask, I do my best to try to answer them in 60 seconds or less. So you can email me, Travis at AshcroftCapital.com, or you can just sync up with me on social media and just send your question. So happy to incorporate that. Today on the show is how does the single family housing market impact multifamily apartments? We're going to dive in. As many of you know, I spent six years in single family real estate doing flips, vacation rentals, buy and holds, house hacking. And then I've spent the last six years in multifamily. So I thought it was kind of a cool perspective to kind of give you both sides of the coin, point out some things that I see, talk about the trends and what's happening. And most importantly, I should say, just relate that to how these two asset classes correlate. So it's no secret that single family and multifamily are on fire right now. They're both, in my opinion, outperforming asset classes. Rents are on the rise. Home prices are certainly on the rise. So what does this mean and what's actually happening? That's what we're going to dive into. In nearly every market across the United States, single-family home prices are reaching unprecedented price points, all-time highs. It's the fastest expansion that we've seen in decades. According to Realtor.com, the average home price is up about $33,000 on a national average. And that's showing a $63,000 increase since the onset of the pandemic back in March of 2020. And I don't know if you guys are familiar or if you know about this, I've read about this in the news, but Blackstone has recently acquired a single family rental firm called Home Partners of America. They paid $6 billion. They own approximately 17,000 single family homes and counting. So Blackstone's not only known for following trends and hopping on that bandwagon, but for acting basically as a catalyst for initiating them on a very large scale. A lot of people look to what Blackstone's doing and they mimic or they follow the train, so to speak. For those of you that remember from the Great Recession, 2008, 2009, Blackstone had a company called Innovation Homes. I don't know if that's a company that they still own, but basically they started snatching up single family homes during that time, renovating them, and they made huge profits during that time. So this key point is significant into what's happening in the market right now. When you have got big institutions entering the market, buying up single family homes, that's obviously going to make a huge impact to the average Joe who's looking for a single family home to live in. You're now competing against the big dogs. And this is also huge for the quote unquote alternative investment space, such as multifamily apartments. As I'm sure this comes to no surprise, Blackstone has a lot of multifamily assets as well in their portfolio. 
The bottom line is, yes, absolutely, the single-family housing market does affect the multifamily housing market. In this case, for the better. As the single-family market is increasing in price, remains very hot, is getting outbid, multifamily market is benefiting in a number of ways. So let's dive into those benefits of investing in multifamily now, what trends are on the horizon and kind of where I see that heading. So first, I just want to talk about the trend of single family. As we discussed, it's on fire. It's very hot. Lots of buyers. People are overbidding for properties, but it may come to a surprise to know that this data perhaps is a little bit misleading in that. Yes, the single family market is hot, but there's actually less people purchasing single family homes right now. And it really comes down to this. This is kind of the gridlock that we're seeing in the single family space right now. If you or I decide we're selling our home because equity happened and all of a sudden we're going to get this big payout, the problem is for most people, they're going to have to buy back into that exact same market. So after you factor in your closing costs and your move expenses and then more closing costs to purchase another home and then those renovation costs, you might be looking at more or less a break-even or just a slight margin. And you're also going to probably be paying market price or above for the property that you're moving into. Now, couple that with the fact that you're competing now against institutions buying up single-family homes like Blackstone. So your options are becoming even more limited on what you can move into. My sister, for example, is actually in this position. She sold her home and got a great little equity pop. And then she just assumed she would find a place and go move into it. But guess what? She can't find a place. So she's now having to rent, which means she's going to have to now move twice, once into a rental, probably break a lease, and then overpay or pay top dollar for a home here in the near future and move again. One other challenge too for single family home buyers right now is lending. Obviously lenders and banks want to remain conservative. We all remember what happened leading up to the great recession with what lending practices were happening, where loans were given out. They were called ninja loans, no income, no job loans basically. And then the implosion of the housing market and banks lost a ton of money as these properties went to foreclosure and they weren't able to recoup their investment. So as they're looking at this landscape and they're seeing single family just skyrocket, much like it did in 2006 and 2007, they're pulling back a little bit and saying, we're going to lend based on an appraisal value, not based off of the purchase price that you intend on paying or that someone thinks they can get. So what we're seeing right now is a lot of cash buyers in the market. So folks that maybe were in New York or New Jersey or California in these high tax states, well, they maybe had these million dollar homes, just for an example, and then they sell out and then they're coming down to Florida and to Texas where housing's a little more affordable and they've got the cash to go outbid the average Joe who's looking to finance their property or has contingencies like I'll buy your property, except I have to sell mine first. These offers a lot of times aren't even being considered in today's market. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. As your portfolio grows, you need financial management services you can rely on to help you save money and continue making the right choices for your company's future. RealEstateAccounting.co's top-tier CFO team uses their deep industry and operating experience to guide real estate syndicators, investors, and family offices through every pivotal moment and crucial decision. 
Their fractional CFO services include budget to actual, cash flow and distributions, and reporting and valuation. Go to realestateaccounting.co forward slash CFO to find out why REA is one of the fastest growing real estate accounting companies around. The real estate experts provide timely analysis and consultations to help you make the most informed decisions possible. See and trust where your portfolio is headed with the customized financial reports based on the KPIs that matter to you and your business. Try it risk-free today at realestateaccounting.co forward slash CFO. If you're not sure where to start investing or need help taking the next step, mentorship and coaching is one of the best ways to get going. Think Multifamily is a leading apartment acquisition and education company who provides true one-on-one coaching to help you invest for your family's future. Their servant leadership approach will guide you to successfully scale your real estate business or assist you to diversify your investments in multifamily. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how they help working professionals just like you transform their future through partnering and community. In fact, the majority of real estate investors who partner with Think Multifamily get involved in a general partnership within six months. Thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching highlights the partnerships, joint ventures, and resources all available through the coaching program. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how to become a member and get involved. You've probably read in recent headlines that banks like Wells Fargo, for example, are doing away with their HELOC program, their home equity line of credit. This is big news. They're basically not willing to go into the speculation zone along with so many buyers right now. They're kind of pulling back. Maybe they're going to require perhaps more of a down payment, things like this. And again, it gets back to what is this home really appraised for? What is the build cost of this home? What is the true market value? Not just that Sally and Joe think that they can get 300000 more just because. That situation might work for a cash buyer, but it's not going to work for the banks. So real quick, just circling back to the gridlock situation. So if you're in a situation where you're needing to finance, you need a mortgage, you need a loan, and or you need to sell the home that you're in, it's very competitive. There's cash offers happening. There's people waiving contingencies like I don't even need an inspection period or I'll put 50000 down hard money on day one. And even if I back out of the deal, I, I lose the money. There's people right now willing to make these gambles. And it's absolutely ludicrous in my mind. Obviously, every market's a bit different. So I'm generalizing here and I'm speaking a lot to where my wife and I live in the market that we're in too. My wife and I are out in Florida where there's a huge influx of people moving here. All right. So that's kind of the current status of the single family housing market. I want to talk a little bit about the multifamily sector. As many of you know, I'm a full-time limited partner investor. I invest in multifamily syndications with a lot of different operators. And I'm investing in Texas, Florida, Georgia, the Carolinas, Arizona. Basically, when you look at the stats and the facts, where are people moving to? Why are they moving there? The tax benefits to these states, where employers are relocating to. That's why I'm in the markets that I'm in. And I'm a huge fan of Class B properties. And when I say Class B, I'm talking about a 1980s, 1990s, early 2000s built building, something that's older, more mature, but it's usually fully stabilized, fully occupied. Collections are high, so you're perhaps taking a little bit less risk. And then I'm a big fan of the value add business plan that we talk about all the time on the show, where you're taking an apartment building like that and you're simply making it better. You're renovating the clubhouse, you're renovating the units, you're adding amenities, 
for the residents that are desired. For example, maybe there's an old tennis court that's not being utilized or a racquetball court or something. You're going to take that and convert it to something that is going to be used, maybe an outdoor workout facility with some barbecue areas and picnic benches and a running track around the perimeter, things like this. You just got to know your market. You got to know your tenant base, listen to your residents and their feedback. And you're just basically putting in place what's needed. A lot of these properties don't even have covered car parking, for example. So that's something that you can charge a premium for that adds value to the residents that maybe have a newer car or just don't want hail damage or sun damage. In any case, that's what I invest in mostly. And that's what I'm referring to when I'm talking about the multifamily sector. And throughout COVID, I did an episode it was one or two episodes ago where I shared my portfolio performance throughout the pandemic, specifically 2020. And quite frankly, it performed well. To me personally, above my own expectations, given the pandemic and the uncertainty and all the fear in the markets and looking at what the stock market did in March of 2020. If you're interested in diving deeper into those numbers or learning more about how that works, then check out the previous episode. What this all boils down to, you guys, is we're in a crisis right now that's a very unique crisis. It's an affordability crisis. So the demand for workforce housing, the demand to find a two-bedroom, two-bath apartment that rents for $1,100, $1,200 per month, this is what's demanded. This is what's needing. So to the point of why is multifamily performing so well? Well, a lot of people are just quite simply getting priced out of buying single family homes. Naturally so with institutions and lack of supply and all the rest, a lot of people are having to make major compromises and say, well, if I'm going to own a home, I guess it's going to be this one. And it's not exactly what I want, but <laughs> I guess I'll overbid for it and hope that I get it. There was a recent study about millennial homeowners, and it's something crazy like 60% of millennial home buyers regret making their purchase. This was before the onset of the pandemic. So I don't even want to know what those stats are now. So something to consider, something I've talked about before on the show is my wife and I, quite frankly, we choose to rent out of lifestyle. So we're renting in that class A sector, kind of that more luxury and higher end rentals where you have gyms and you have pools and you have community events and you have walking trails and bike parks and great amenities and everything that you really need, at least for us, to live our lifestyle. Not suggesting anybody else take that path. But for us, it's we choose to rent where we live and then we invest our money into multifamily apartments, not usually the one that we're living in, but just in the class B sector. So kind of an interesting approach. If you crunch the numbers, you'll probably see why that makes so much sense. So let's talk a little bit about the data surrounding multifamily apartments. So if we look at Yardi Matrix's survey from June of 2021, at least that's the last data I was able to find when I was putting this episode together, they show a 6.3% increase in asking rents year after year. And that's the largest year over year national increase in the history of them putting together this data. So this is obviously a big reason why so many institutions and Main Street investors like myself are interested in the multifamily space. On the single family side, you have the high purchase price, but in the multifamily space, you have rents increasing. And at the end of the day, when you're investing in multifamily assets, it's about increasing your net operating income. So there's really two things you do on these properties or the general partners do when you're in a syndication, like what I invest in. They are buying a property 
They are trying to cut expenses where applicable, do things more efficiently. Maybe that's putting in LED lighting. Maybe that's contracting new landscaping crews. There's a lot of different things. We can make a full episode on how to cut the budget. And then you're trying to increase rents simultaneously. You're trying to add things on the property, maybe a profit sharing model with a cable TV service where all the residents are paying 50 bucks a month. And then you, the owner of the property is getting a kickback of that 10, 20%, et cetera. NOI is the name of the game, net operating income and boosting that up. So that's basically what your purchase price is going to be based on. So people are looking at these multifamily assets, buyers are as a business, basically. So if you have a multifamily community that's pumping out a million dollars per year in cash flow, that's the basis of how you're going to make an offer in evaluation of the asset. You're going to say, if I got a million bucks a year, I'd be willing to pay whatever, 15 million for that property. All right, so that's multifamily in a nutshell, a little bit of the data. And yes, it's on fire as well, just like single family, but in its own way. So I want to dive in real quick to this trend and where I see things going. And again, I don't have a crystal ball. I'm not a fortune teller. I'm not an economist, but I am an investor and I'm somebody who tunes into news and headlines and articles and blogs on a weekly basis. And this is where all my money is. So obviously I have a vested interest in understanding what's going on and what I see moving forward. So for what it's worth, I'll give you a couple bullet points. So I think, first of all, that the single family frenzy, so to speak, right now is going to continue, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on where you stand with this for the next 12 to 18 months, let's say. I think there's still going to remain very low interest rates, which is very appealing for buying homes. There's still going to be a lot of cash offers happening. There's still a lot of migration trend happening with people moving from high tax states to low tax states, baby boomers retiring, wanting to be in warmer climates. Again, the Carolinas, the Georgia, Florida, Texas, Arizona, this is where a lot of people are going, a lot of businesses. So I see that all continuing. I see a lot of competition. I still see low inventory because of the gridlock that I talked about, which is people, even if they could sell their home, what are you going to do now? Buy back in the same market and it's pretty much a wash. So I think after 12 to 18 months, somewhere in this time frame, I see, I don't want to call it a correction because some people might confuse that with a market correction like 2008. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it'll simmer down. It'll normalize back to the point where people can enter the housing market, when they're getting a loan and getting a mortgage and some of this outbidding is going to die down, et cetera, maybe interest rates start ticking up a little bit since we're seeing that inflation and the Fed has already kind of justified that that may be happening sooner than later. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Mark your calendars for the Best Ever Conference February 24th through 26th, back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies, building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. Get the lowest prices right now at besteverconference.com. That's besteverconference.com. Here's a problem you're probably not solving for right now. Have you ever had a tenant squat inside your rental and refuse to pay rent? Or are you worried about renting to a serial rent dodger? You've probably used a credit report for tenant screening before. But what if I told you you're missing out on info you need to properly verify prospective tenants? That's a problem. 
and the solution is Rentify. Rentify provides a summary of a prospective tenant's financial information using bank-verified transactional data you can't get from a credit check. This includes monthly income, payroll, past rent payments, and identity verification. Rentify's reports also highlight non-sufficient funds, overdraft history, and missed rent payments. It's all available at www.trustrentify.com. The best part is Rentify's financial reports instantly verify the full financial picture of a tenant within minutes, so you will no longer have to waste hours or even days verifying their information manually. And you can eliminate the risk of being duped by fraudulent documents and losing thousands of dollars getting unreliable tenants evicted. Visit TrustRentify.com and use the promo code FAIRLESS for 25% off your first report package. That's T-R-U-S-T-R-E-N-T-I-F-Y.com. Put in the promo code FAIRLESS, F-A-I-R-L-E-S-S, for 25% off your first report package. Switching over to multifamily, I suspect that rent increases will continue in the trend that I shared from the Yardi Matrix roughly 6% a year. That's going to depend obviously on the market that you're in. Some markets are doing 10, 11% right now and others are doing two or three. So it really just kind of depends on where we're talking. But on a national average, I suspect that's going to continue as well because that's the correlation. As assets, as real estate in general gets more expensive, people still want a return on investment, right? There's not many investors out there willing to settle with a 2% return on investment. So when you have to pay more, you're going to charge more rent so that you can still maintain an adequate cash flow number. So rents are usually lagging behind a little bit from what's happening on the sale price of single family. For example, 2008, 2009, when housing quickly crashed in valuation, where a lot of markets were down 40% roughly on the purchase price of a single family home, the rents actually stayed pretty tight for about the next 12 months or so, almost a full year, they dwindled down a little bit. Concessions had to come up to incentivize people. But what's happening in these situations when people are losing their single family primary residence, what's happening? Often they're renting, right? So it wasn't such a terrible thing for the multifamily space in the first place. But despite that, you have year-long leases, sometimes 18-month-long leases. So you're still maintaining the amount of rent that you've been getting. So the data kind of lags behind, okay? Over the last 12 months, we've seen a skyrocket in appreciation of single family, but we've seen rents only go up 6%. In some markets, single family homes have gone up 20 and 30% in value, which is just astronomical. To that point of lagging behind, I think as a reflection of these higher purchase prices for real estate, we will see rents incrementally work themselves up to that level, whatever that means on a percentage basis. I'll put the same time frame on that, 12 to 18 months of rent increases, perhaps a little longer. We'll go out to say 24 months of that. And then again, a normalizing. So what does a normal market rent look like? Usually kind of tracks inflation. So if we have two or 3% annual inflation, rents are usually going up two to 3% per year on average. So the fact that we're seeing 6% right now, means a lot, right? It's double what the average is. So yes, the housing market is hot. Everything's going up, rent's going up, prices are going up. That's just what's happening. We're seeing higher than anticipated inflation in the United States. And the more money we print, it's just 
astronomical with the trillions of dollars being entered in the system. A lot of that money's making its way into the real estate markets. As multifamily investors, this is bullish for the reasons I pointed out. As prices go higher, so do rents. And at the end of the day, the net operating income on your multifamily property is what's setting the value. So as long as rents are going up, as long as you can maintain your budgets or lessen them, you should be profitable in the end. We mentioned some of the reasons for this, institutional buyers entering the market, ultra low interest rates at historic lows, and very limited supply available on the market, putting people in a gridlock situation where maybe they don't want to list their home because there's not something that they can move into or purchase. The last thing on single family was the lending. So lending is tightening. It's getting harder. Homes aren't appraising at the values that people would like to see them at from a selling standpoint. And in some cases, it's, it's getting a little tougher to get liquidity. Credit scores have to be high. Down payments have to be larger, depending on the lending institution that you're using. So welcome to the new America. This is just the direction that we're heading. A lot of foreign investors are moving capital here to the United States as well, whether we're talking multifamily or single family, a lot of international buying, especially around where my wife and I are in kind of the general Orlando area. We're seeing a ton of international capital coming in. A lot of those are cash offers too. So with that, if you have not incorporated multifamily into your portfolio, perhaps it's something to look into. I've answered the question numerous times in numerous ways. Is it a good time to get involved in multifamily? Well, that's really up to you. That's really up to how you interpret this data. That's up to your risk tolerance. That's up to your goals. But for me, I'll tell you, as a limited partner in multifamily, I'm continuing to invest. I just did two deals last week. I've done three or four this year in total. I hope to do five or six by year end. So that's my personal take on it. Not telling anybody what to do. Please always seek licensed financial advice as I'm not a financial advisor, CPA, attorney, et cetera. So with that, hopefully that little quick snapshot was a nice correlation and update for everybody. If you have any questions, feel free to email me, Travis at AshcroftCapital.com or reach out on social media. I'm on LinkedIn, Bigger Pockets, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Just reach out. Always happy to be a resource for any of you guys. And feel free to share your input, whether you agree or disagree or, or whatever. So I'm always happy to have those conversations. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Travis Watts, for the Actively Passive Show. This has been another excellent episode. Hopefully it was in my mind anyway. And we'll see you next week.